Hi, I'm Tom Marks with the Marks Law Firm in Orlando, Florida, and welcome to the Healthy Family Law Attorney. Today we have a special guest with us, Steve Price. He's an adoption attorney. Steve um, has served the adoption community since 1992. Steve's a board-certified adoption attorney and a longtime member of the Florida Adoption Council. He's been the president of the FAC for five years, his current treasurer. Uh, Steve is a founder and partner in the law firm of Kramer, Price, and DeArmas. Uh, Steve is also the father of three adopted boys. Uh, he handles all aspects of adoption, including contested matters. Steve has represented agencies, adopting families, and biological parents, primarily in Orange, Osceola, Lake, Sumter, Seminole, I mean, and Volusia counties. So all of Central Florida. Steve, welcome aboard. Tom, thanks for having me. Appreciate the opportunity. Always love to talk about adoption. Well, uh, it's great to have you on the channel. I think this is a topic that is relevant for today. A lot of people are asking questions about adoption, and I want uh, to provide that hope and help to families to uh, successfully navigate the family law process in a healthy way, and I know you're going to help us with that today. It will be my pleasure to do so. Okay, so let's start. Uh, can you give us an, uh, an overview of the adoption process in Florida? Absolutely. So basically, there are three primary uh, avenues uh, to adopt, and that concerns private adoption, Chapter 63 in, in the Florida statute, which deals with adoption agencies, step-parent, uh, relative adoptions. Then you have adoption out of the state, dependency proceedings, and that would sometimes foster families adopt, uh, Tom, other times uh, people adopt family members or non-family members can adopt uh, out of Chapter 39, which is, like I said, the dependency side. The other avenue is international. An international is usually accomplished through an agency. The adoption is, uh, takes place in the foreign country. The child is admitted to the states. And if they reside in Florida, the family then has the option of domesticating the adoption. And that's simply a recognition by the state of Florida of the foreign judgment of adoption. So those are the three types and adoption in its essence is accomplished by two things. First is the termination of parental rights. And of course, this is what makes any child, be it uh, infant uh, or all the way up to uh, 18. And I did neglect to mention uh, that there is in chapter 63 also the ability to an adopt an adult. I think I uh, omitted that. But the termination of parental rights terminates the rights of the biological parents and any other person or entity who is uh, would otherwise try to make a claim that can be done voluntarily through the execution of consents, or it can be done involuntarily um, if the court finds, for instance, that a particular parent had abandoned the child. So, you know. Yeah, I think, I, I think that's great. I wanted to um, ask you a little bit about sometimes I get clients come in and they have questions, they're remarried and say the mm -hmm. former spouse's uh, rights have been terminated through a termination of parental rights and they want to do a step-parent adoption. So mm -hmm. their new spouse wants to adopt. Uh, it seems like those are a little bit easier than the other adoptions. Yeah. Uh, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that? 
Absolutely. And where where I was saying two things are involved, determination of parental rights and then the granting of adoption. And uh, explain the termination of parental rights. Adoption is a statutory uh, creation. And at the conclusion of it, uh, people come in, they're prospective adopting parents, they're petitioners on a petition for adoption. But when the court enters the final order, that child is considered born to them. They are considered blood kin. And in in a real sense, Tom, uh, a prospective adoptive parent becomes an adopting parent, becomes, in the eyes of the law, the equivalent of a biological parent. But a step-parent adoption uh, is simpler in as much as it does not require two separate proceedings. And as I mentioned, the termination of parental rights and the granting of the adoption. Those uh, two proceedings can be combined into one uh, proceeding. The other nice thing about a step-parent adoption is it does not require a home study. Uh, step-parent adoptions and relative adoptions do not require the adopting party uh, to obtain a home study unless the court was to find it necessary for some reason. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what happens a lot of times um, in uh, cases I see that uh, the step-parent adoption is requested and it's um, it's uh, quite a bit easier. There's another type of adoption. Um, can you tell me, tell our audience, what are the elements of a domesticated adoption? Okay. And the domesticated is is what was alluded to earlier. So if you go to a foreign country, China, for instance, and you uh, are able to adopt in China. So the Chinese court enters that final judgment of adoption. It usually terminates parental rights, usually through the finding that the child was abandoned. But you then come back to the United States. And when you come back to the United States, you have two copies of all your documents. You have the official Chinese version, which is in Chinese, and then you have uh, usually a certified translation of each document. So that's a lot for a family to carry around, candidly, when it's time to register for school or uh, the uh, Social Security or anything like that. So a domestication is where the state of Florida will recognize the Chinese adoption, in my example, and it will And it's a court proceeding, so the court will enter an order domesticating the adoption. And then the state of Florida will issue a certificate of foreign birth, which is the equivalent of a birth certificate. The only difference between the one Florida normally issues and the certificate of foreign birth is that the birth certificate will indicate that the child was born in a foreign country, again, in this case, China. Okay, well, good. Um, So... Can you tell our audience, what is the difference between a regular adoption and the domesticated adoption or the step-parent adoption? So a a typical chapter 63 private adoption requires the termination of parental rights, which is a separate proceeding. The adopting family never appears in that case because it only deals with the biological parents or anybody claiming a a parental right. And as I had said, these are either voluntary, and that would be done through the execution of consents by the biological mother, the execution of a consent or an affidavit of non-paternity for a putative father, Uh, or there's some other vehicles that puts a prospective or putative father on notice 
uh, that if they fail to comply, then a default would be entered against them. So that proceeding starts, it starts prior to the child's birth, but it concludes because a consent can only be executed once a child is born. It concludes after the child's born. The adoption proceeding, which involves, does not involve the biological parents, but involves the adopting parents, uh, all of their information is in that file. That would conclude after the termination of parental rights. In fact, it can't, it can't finalize any sooner than 30 days after the final judgment terminating parental rights is entered. You know, as a brief aside, Tom, one of the things that I try to encourage people is that it sometimes appears that adoption is fraught with peril. And I think that primarily uh, stems from the coverage that certain adoption cases get. And because that kind of news is flashier, it's more impactful, it, the, the court never really, or the court, the press never really picks up how many thousands of adoptions go on all across the country every day. Right. Yeah, that's really good to hear, Steve, because I, I think a lot of people are very anxious. I mean, it's a it's a huge step in a family's life, and it's such a heartfelt thing that uh, there can be quite a bit of anxiety. So it's good to hear that the vast majority of adoptions go really without hitch. And, without hitch. And, and anxiety, Tom, that's a great word, uh, because you're absolutely correct. Uh, and Part of it's because you're dependent on other people. You know, you if you can have children biologically, I mean, certainly there's medical issues and you need to watch things, but most of those things are in your control. And with an adoption, very few of those things are actually in your control. But I, I, I never cease to be amazed at the just love commitment made by these biological mothers and, some, and, and sometimes biological fathers too. But this kind of living sacrifice uh, that they're willing to do because they want what's best for their child. They want something better for their child. And, and a lot of times the mothers are doing it on their own. And uh, but they know this is they can't be a mother and a father. And they want they want that for their children. Right. Right. Well, Steve, I think you have a unique perspective because you are an adoptive parent. You and your wife adopted three boys and i think they're all grown now so you've had that perspective of um from the beginning to the well not the end but i mean they're adults now so you've raised them what did that give you in a in a uh, kind of a unique perspective as an adoption attorney you know it's i think it helps in my practice tom because i've been on both sides of the table i've been the adopting parent talking to the attorney and I've, I've currently served as the attorney talking to the adopting parents. It's also taught me um, a lot in the sense, Tom, that um, as you and I were you know, out of law school and, and when we adopted, most adoptions were closed. And a closed adoption, and I'll just define it by my own definition, is where there is no contact information. Uh, direct contact information between biological parents and uh, adopting parents. Usually you work through an agency uh, or an intermediary, an attorney like myself, but the statutory word is intermediary. You communicate through there. You can even meet a biological parent today and it can still be closed because at the end of the day, they don't know how to contact you and you don't know how to contact them directly. 
you have a, the third party that you can do that through. Today, a lot of adoptions are actually open. And open uh, is, there's a range of openness, but at the end of the day, I consider an adoption open once uh, a biological parent or parents have direct contact access to uh, the adopting family. And that's negotiated, how that's going to be. It's not dictated, uh, but certainly uh, I will tell you as part of my practice that a lot of the adoptions I'm seeing now, in fact, probably most of them are open. Whereas when I adopted, most of them were closed. Yeah. Um, well, that, that leads me to my next question. So Steve, who is your typical client? I know you represent individuals, couples, and even agencies. So tell us, um, or maybe work through agencies. Tell, tell us how that works. Well, and that's a, it's a great question. It's kind of a, it's going to require a lawyerly answer. Uh, which means it's not sure. Um, in the termination proceeding, I, I generally, uh, the bulk of my practice right now involves representing agencies, uh, what the law calls adoption entities. And so they're, they are child licensed child placing agencies, and they uh, are the petitioner in the termination of parental rights case. At the same time, I am, that I have that duty to the adoption entity, I also uh, have a relationship with the adopting family because they are the petitioners in their petition for adoption. It's not the adoption entity. The adoption entity just plot, uh, provides supporting material recommending the finalization of the adoption. So uh, those are really, it, it's really role-based. And in the termination side, it's generally the adoption agency where my legal representation, and we disclose that uh, both to the entity and to the family. but. Uh, in the adoption side, it would be the the family. So the typical client is is uh, you know husband and wife that are you know are unable to have children on their own biologically or have had children biologically and want to add to their family. And and I also have a number of families, Tom, that just feel called uh, to make a difference in a child's life. Well, Steve, I love the fact that you are so involved in adoption and you, you're involved from both sides of the table, like you said, that you have adopted and you um, help others adopt. And I mean, you really bring so much love and joy into people's um, homes and families. Um, as part of the channel, I mean, it's called the Healthy Family Law Attorney. So the healthy is a really big part of this channel. And I always want to offer to our audience a healthy tip that you might have from your experience doesn't have to be, you know, you got to eat this or that, or, or, you know, it can be anything from spiritual to emotional to physical or relational. So do you have a healthy tip for our audience today? I do. And I was going to, I was going to read something because I do, um, of late, uh, Tom and you and I live close together and we know that, um, Mornings can be a beautiful time. Evenings can be a beautiful time. Just watching the day start or the day end. And I'm going to read something by Lori Deschen, and it's called Practice the Pause. Pause before judging. Pause before assuming. Pause before accusing. Pause whenever you're about to react harshly. And you'll avoid doing things, saying things you'll later regret. And I just think there's a certain power of the pause. And, but that pause starts when we get up. 
and right. either getting to see a sunrise or getting to start the day uh, along with uh, nature. But uh, the pause, that's, that's my healthy tip. Practice the pause. I really like that. I think that's great because, I mean, it reminds me of the phrase to, you know, stop and smell the roses, enjoy the little things in life. And I love to work in the yard. I've got a lot of avocado trees, as you know, and other fruit trees. And you and I have known each other for more than 25 years. And so um, I really appreciate your professionalism, but also who you are as a person and that all that you do for, for your clients and the work that you do in the community. So I wanted to thank you for that, Steve. Well, I appreciate that, Tom, and I really appreciate the uh, opportunity to spend some time here today. Well, this has been great. And for our audience, if you found any value in this, please hit that like button. Leave us some comments if you have some questions, um, any future topics that you'd like to hear me talk about or an interview on we're stu still doing our uh, legal uh, topics on Wednesdays and uh, the interviews on Fridays. So hit that bell icon so you know when our next video is coming out. Appreciate it, Steve, you've been great today. I love this format. I love the fact that we can provide this to the audience. So thank you so much, Steve. Thank you, Tom. All right, have a great day. See you all later. Bye-bye.